0: it's also our responsibility as leaders to create leaders and we are not in the classroom with those children so we are relying on our team to pass on the messages that that we're passing on to them and so we have to be really clear about what it is we're saying and I, and I think we were in that training with our staff. Um <laughs> do you remember we didn't really share what it was about we just gave them the title Changing the Narrative and a lot of our staff assumed it was going to be something to do with writing and improving children's writing. So when we started with talking about Ellis and Sam And again, the fact that we had Sam as an example, so Sam is one of our colleague's sons. He's the same age as my son, Ellis. And we were able to make a a comparison between what the future might look like for Ellis, my son, a black boy, and Sam, our colleague's son, a white boy. And that really hit home because all of our staff know those two boys. They were five years old. Um, they've seen us both grow through our pregnancies, they've seen them as babies, they've watched them growing up, so to to create a vision of how those boys' futures could be completely different and how they have the power to change that, I think that, that was huge. But I think just not giving them any pre- preconceived ideas, just saying, changing the narrative, that alone brought everybody together and brought them together with an open mindset
1: the benefit of starting the training in that banner it was emotional it was real and it was testimony you know, when we watch the news it's abstract it, there are people and circumstances away from us this is why the news is okay you can comment you can get angry but you have no real feeling invested When um, the meeting is started with two people who are connected to people we work with that we respect and we're like a a family and a community so those children belonged to our community. They were real so the percentages and the facts about who's going to get what privileges in life are real to those boys and were real to everybody in the audience because we knew we could touch and relate to both those children and their parents and that's the thing whenever you want to move on anything globally nationally it has to be real to the people in the audience Mm -hmm. and this comes back to once again you cannot lead unless people are willing to follow and in that introduction everybody was following and therefore we could then begin to take them on the journey we set out to take them
0: Mm. and the history lesson i mean you you are a brilliant teacher i've observed you as a teacher you are inspiring you just you're a performer in front of the class and you performed in front of our staff they really enjoyed the lesson but they learned so much I learned so much about history the way you packaged it was brilliant how did you do that
1: there's been years of reading 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 and I find uh, I'm gonna make a derogatory comment there are certain religious groups that knock your door on a Sunday morning yeah Mm. there are those people who stop smoking and can't wait to tell everybody who does smoke to stop smoking and there were people who are plant-based diet eaters who liked to lecture it and you know you hear these people and you're like stop 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 enough 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 and I find that happens when um, we learn about black history on Africa and I'm going to do this I'm going to do that and the skill of knowledge is how to impart that knowledge to others that's digestible that's interesting and wants to make them move forward the first of all is the connection i started out by using a song do they know it's christmas Mm. everybody knows the song we all sing it i love it we all love that song and there were a few verses in it that i just said oh have you actually listened to this and then people go oh yeah oh yeah instant connection well this is biased this is prejudice and then that allowed us to then move into what other conceptions of black african people are there that we all take for granted And once again, nobody was being lectured. Mm -hmm. They were being educated and they were being entertained. I find when I talk, it's about pace. Um, As a child, I thought I was gonna be a rapper, but everything has to be musical and lyrical. And with the pace, you can keep people going. But you don't burden them. Now, when you have a mixed audience of Caucasians and non-Caucasians, you don't want to point finger and make people feel bad. You ask questions, you ask questions, and you deal with facts. And then people go, I never knew that. And the other thing I find about teaching, I like to digress. And I say to the children, let me digress. Because it's in the digressions that everybody remembers. So as you're telling a story about um, a part of ancient Africa you will say to people have you had an expression the queen of sheba oh yeah yeah she thinks she's the queen of sheba instantly you have lots of people with you then you can explain the queen of sheba sheba and the historical context that has on modern day life and people go i never knew that mm. and i find that's the, the 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 skill in imparting knowledge and also we carry that into leadership And I know a lot of people go, oh my God, two black leaders. And it means nothing unless you can get followers and that requires skill. I would like you to talk about your particular style of introducing change is a big thing and you know change management is a huge thing with you and you really do talk about change management and the reason I'm going to talk about this because when we talk about racism when we talk about the digital technology there is change and how people respond to change and you talk in depth about change management so to people who are not okay with the expression of the terminology just give us an example of your particular technique of how you introduce change and the steps and that particular style you have I think is a three-stage steps that you do when it's time to change something
0: Ooh, that's a big question um, people I don't mean this in a negative way I just think it is how it is people are inherent inherently selfish so whenever you want to change anything, people need to see the benefit for themselves. Um, and I think that requires a lot of thinking. So whenever we're going to put in place any change, you have to think about how it's going to impact on each individual. Sometimes you can group people and say, you know, this group of people react like this, this group of people... Sometimes you have to go You have to look at individuals, you know, you look at your lowest common denominator. But you need to think selfishly, because that's how we think as human beings. And then you develop from there. You always need to tell a story. And that's what we did with our Changing the Narrative training. We we told the story. We started off with a photo of a group of us who had all had babies at the same time. And in that photo, Ellis and Sam were there. So they were real. Um, and we told the story of these boys growing up. So storytelling is really important. It's a really important part of teaching. And it's a really important part of leading. And it's the way that you bring people on a journey with you. You need to be really clear about your vision. What What is it that you want at the end of it? Because without clarity you know people can take you off in all sorts of directions and they very easily do Um, and we've seen it happen we've delegated out bits of changing the narrative and we've seen it go in a different direction and we've had to say no 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 and bring it back so always coming back to your vision coming back to your principles but those need to be clear from the beginning and then something that you always say about chopping down a tree you know if you've got five hours to chop down a tree, you spend four of those hours sharpening your axe. So in preparation for changing the narrative, for changing the mindset of our staff, for changing the hearts of our staff, we spent months preparing before we'd even written anything down. Throughout the training, we had a soundtrack. I've got it on my Spotify playlist, changing the narrative soundtrack. And it was songs that we felt were really significant that we would use as brain breaks in our training. That Spotify playlist we started building up in May and it wasn't used until September, but each of those tracks is really important and really well thought out. So I would say that that is kind of the beginning of managing change, that clarity of vision, that preparation and understanding that as human beings we're inherently selfish. So not to get upset when people, you know, don't necessarily understand your point of view, but actually you need to change the way that you're communicating it and communicate to the selfishness in the individual.
1: The other thing I think many people miss in leadership, leadership to some is about peacock feathering. I'm somebody now, look at me, everybody, look at me. And this is where hubris and ego can get in the way. And I would say something I've learned in, in partnership with um, Michelle here is, the ego must get out of the way. You, you have a vision, you develop the story, you have to share the story with the people, and then you're clear in what it is you want to, to, to achieve. But it's not done so everybody at the end of it says, oh my God, you're wonderful. Because in that journey, um, leaders make leaders, you then need to identify those people who will carry that journey on when you're happy that everything is in place. And this means you have to lose ego. And in lots of leadership experiences, and I know many people have worked in many different organizations and companies, and you're not being led, you're just satisfying somebody's ego. And it's it's awful. It's absolutely awful. And I, I, I would say to anybody who, who thinks about leadership, who wants to get into leadership is first of all, understand your own ego. Try and put that out of the picture because I think it comes back. If your selfishness feeds your ego, then I'm not sure you're going to have many followers, which then brings into question, are you a leader?